You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. We are officially two days away from Thanksgiving. Let's start with that, Bryson. Holidays, time with family, friends, potentially. What do you got planned for the Thanksgiving holiday? Yeah, going up to uh, West Virginia, where my wife's family's from, and just going up visiting her side of the family and uh, excited to just see everybody and and check in and just see how family's doing and you know got some football on during the holidays as well so that's exciting not in you know anything to do with our Panthers but that's probably a good thing and we don't have to sit through that embarrassment in front of our families but uh but yeah I'm excited just to spend time with family how about you I work welcome uh, yeah. to TV news <laughs> terrible but no well we'll be eating some grub um, so that'll be good. What, what's your favorite? You, you were a turkey or ham guy? Uh, for, for Thanksgiving turkey, but yeah, I like ham for Christmas. Yeah, I'm similar. I probably eat turkey once a year. I'm not a big turkey lover. Still too dry for me, but I could, I could go with some turkey on Thanksgiving's favorite side dish. Uh, I'd, I'd say mac uh, and cheese for me, uh, probably deviled eggs. Deviled, interesting. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't find that on a top ten list for me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the mac and cheese has got me the the southern the southern way. That wasn't a thing in Wisconsin, which is kind of weird. You think because the cheese, but that was like a foreign thing for me when I came down here, and I love it. It's good. Yeah, mac and cheese is elite, man. Well, I'll tell you what's not good is this Panthers offense. Um, and before we get to that, I kind of want to tease a little bit here. Um, coming up next week, nothing is set in stone. So I don't want to say and I don't want to reveal who this person is or persons. But we have a pretty big guest coming up next week, hopefully, if all the cards align. Uh, it will be our biggest guest we've had on Panthers on Tap, both figuratively and physically. So. Just stick around for that. It will be a good one. You will want to tune in for that, and that's all I'm going to say on that note. But let's get back to this week. Again, the offense, pitiful, pitiful, yeah. pitiful. Um, defense held up its end of the bargain, held Baltimore Ravens to 13 points. Bryson and I had – Baltimore, maybe 27. I had them at 30 against Carolina, scored uh, from our predictions last week. And, you know, the defense showed up. They kind of fixed what, you know, went, went wrong in Cincinnati in that massive blowout on the road. And they did enough for that, you know, the Panthers to win that game. And the office to, offense just didn't come through. What did you see in the, in the game in Baltimore? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that Baker Mayfield is not a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore, and it's just so frustrating uh, to see his downfall from 
I mean, even in Cleveland last year, he wasn't this bad. Like he, he, he's got the happy feet in the pocket. He struggles to make quick decisions. Even when he does have time in the pocket, he holds the ball too long. Uh, he, he pump fakes a lot. He's, he's just not confident in himself at all. And it shows on the field. Uh, he has, in fact, which is terrible for us Carolina Panthers fans, been worse than Sam Darnold was last year. And that is something that I didn't think was possible for for Baker or anyone else, much less. So uh, just a failed season overall this year. Um, but the bright spot what yesterday or on Sunday was the defense. And uh, shout out to Brian Burns again, um, another sack. Uh, and he, other than the sack, he made plays. Uh, he was continually disruptive in that game. So, uh, shout out to Brian Burns. It really made a difference for that defense. And then even YGM got a sack yesterday. How how, how do you not win a game when YGM gets a sack? So, uh, Jeremy Chin really made a difference, I think, coming back and kind of bringing that leadership back to that secondary. Uh, he struggled in coverage a little bit uh, versus Mark Andrews. But other than that, you know, the defense was just outstanding besides one player, um, C.J. Henderson who was, as uh, Steve Wilkes put it, not ju- uh, just not good enough. And he really wasn't. He gave up like 107 yards to DeAndre Robinson or uh, whatever that guy's name is, Demarcus Robinson, uh, some bum that was cut by the Raiders. And uh, he cooked C.J. Henderson. So uh, I don't know what the deal is. And I know there were report reporters asking Wilkes about the um, about what Demarcus Robinson said that, you know, he that – CJ was playing off because of the, I, he guesses like the scheme of the defense, but um, Wilkes kind of tried to refute that. But that's something that we've seen in Carolina under Rivera and under Wilkes, and even it continued under Rule, uh, allowing corners to play like five to seven yards off of the wide receivers and playing no press man coverage, which really is really frustrating, uh, especially for you know when you have somebody like Brian Burns on the line, if you can, you know, get coverage up onto the line of scrimmage uh, that really, you know, causes the quarterback to hold the ball longer than he normally would. But overall for the defense, a good day. Derek Brown continues to impress one of the best defensive tackles in the league. I was so wrong about him coming into this year, but I am so happy to be so wrong because he has really, I mean, him and Brian Burns on that defensive line, they can just get consistent pressure from the other side. It's going to be a problem for, for other teams and, uh, just really impressed with that. And then linebacking, not good, not good enough. But uh, they did, you know, keep Lamar in check for most of the day. Uh, I think the Ravens are one of the top running teams in the league. I think they average like 150 yards a game. And obviously kept them under that. But uh, the offense was just not good enough. And I just feel like week in, week out, it's it's either one or the other. Like the offense is playing well and the defense isn't. Or the defense is playing well and the offense isn't. They, they rarely ever play complimentary football. And something else, a question I want to pose to you, Curtis, is um, after you give your you know your synopsis on the game, is if PJ Walker started that game, do you think we win that game? Yeah, I'll get to that in a little bit. I want to start, and I'll get to Baker too. I want to start on defense. And by the way, Ravens are third in the league, sixteen hundred yards rushing this year. So pretty damn good rushing attack and Carolina held him in check. Yeah, CJ Henderson, man, he showed so much hope in training camp, played really well. And 
he has struggled. He, I think he had one good game. I think it was the Atlanta game mm-hmm. in Atlanta uh, when it was, you know, the 30, they gave up the 37 points. I thought that was really his, probably one of his best games. But for the most part this year, he has struggled. Uh, I don't know what it is. Again, he looked really good in training camp and, you know, was the talk of training camp, but training camp doesn't get it done. It ain't on Sundays. So that's been frustrating. Or I'm going to keep saying this until they do it. J.C. Horn needs to be on the best wide receiver on the opposing team and needs to follow him all game. He is the best corner on the team. He's the lead of what he does. He shuts down guys, put him on that. And I don't know if it's because they run his own scheme and that's the reason for it. Uh, Phil Snow did it with Stephon Gilmore last year on Kyle Pitts. Stephon Gilmore, we all remember, literally covered Kyle Pitts the entire game and shut him down when he went. He's coming off of a, you know, a record game as a rookie, and you just don't see that with J.C. Horn. I don't know if it's a trust thing. They don't trust him. I don't know why you don't. Statistically, he's one of the best corners right now in the league, shutting down people. He needs to be on their best player. And last week, it was Demarcus Robinson, sadly, and he was just torching C.J. Henderson. And he was torching a couple other guys. There was a couple other guys that were in coverage on him, too, that gave up. I think it was like a 30-yard uh, reception. I can't remember who was covered. I think it was, it was a Keith linebacker. Taylor. It was or, Keith uh, Taylor. Yeah, Keith yeah. Taylor. So, again, put your best corner on their best wide receiver and then let your other guys uh, fill out the rest of uh, – against the you know, opposing team. But – that's really been frustrating for me because I see you see Sertan. It seems like Sertan follow in Denver follows the best wide receiver. I don't I don't see why JC can't be doing. I think JC's good enough to do that. So that has been frustrating. I'm not going to echo a lot of what you said. I think Brian Burns had a hell of a game. I was just looking at his stats. He's still tenth in the league. It's kind of ten is kind of weeding. Well, no, there's a lot of a lot of guys that. No, there's two guys at ten, three guys at ten. Von Miller and Jerry Hughes all got eight sacks, so he's still in that area. But Bradley Chubb looks like he didn't get a sack last game, so he's at seven. But again, he's still in that ten range um, of sacks this year. He's he's on pace to at least have ten this year, which is exciting. Hopefully, more than that. So, really good game. Baker, disappointing man. God, was I wrong about Baker Mayfield? I don't know what the drop off was. He looked de- he looked decent in Cleveland in 2020. Clearly Kevin Stefanski's a really damn good coach if he can get what he got out of Baker in 2020 or that team was really elite that year and they just, you know, didn't go very far in the playoffs because Baker looked like a top 15 quarterback that year. I will say that all all day long. Had the injuries last year, thought maybe that's the excuse of the poor play. And then he comes here, has a better roster than Sam Darnold did last year. And you said it, he played worse. He's played worse than Sam Darnold has last year, which is insane. So it's frustrating. I was putting all the excuses out while you were texting me on Sunday because I'm like, (laughs) ah, I just, I want, I wanted him to succeed. I really did. But, it just didn't it hasn't worked out. And the run game didn't help on Sunday. I will say that. There was no run game. Deontay Foreman, he didn't he didn't have the runs he had at Atlanta. He hasn't had the runs like he's had in the past, put up 140 yards rushing or whatever it is. But 
still, I mean, there was things Baker was missing. One thing that frustrated me, and I haven't seen the highlights, so I don't know, remember the play, but there was a play on Sunday where Baker, it was, I think, on a, like a curl route to the left side, and maybe it was up to TMJ or to a tight end. It was like a 10-yard out on the left side. He threw it to him, and I, I saw at the top of the screen DJ Moore streaking down the sideline wide open, and I'm like, you got to be shitting me. It was a touchdown all day long, and he I, I don't know if he didn't look that way or what it was, but I remember that vividly on Sunday watching it live, and I was like, holy shit, he's got to hit that. So those are the type of things, um, and it's Sam Darnold time, and we shall see. We'll get into that in a little bit here. Let me t- answer your question, though, about P.J. Walker. I will say I think they would have they could have won the game with him in there. He looked PJ looks more comfortable with this team. Um he dist- he has in those four what he's started 5 weeks now or four, four or five, I can't 5 weeks I think, right? Yeah, 5, 5. He's looked more comfortable. He's made passes. Now he's missed some. He's he's had games where he's got an air and throw. We go back to Cincinnati, he looked terrible. Um, but get rid of the Cincinnati game and I guess the Los Angeles Rams game when they really didn't throw the ball. And so you look at the Tampa Bay game and then the two Atlanta games again against a- NFC South opponents. He looked like, you know, he moved the offense, and that's Baker hasn't done that. Panthers offense under Baker Mayfield looks dysfunctional. And um, another thing, and I don't know that maybe this is just my feeling. And again, this is just my personal feeling, just seeing interactions. It looks like to me that DJ Moore does not get along with Baker Mayfield whatsoever. And I I know the production on the field shows that, and maybe that is because, but just for the the past couple of times I've seen them interact and on, it just looks like DJ Moore is like pissed off when Baker's out there. I don't know what it is, but no, I, I, got, agree. I got the sense of that on Sunday. Like DJ does not want him as his quarterback. And yeah. I've never really never gotten that from DJ. And I don't know if that's, you know, Baker Mayfield's alpha mentality and, you know, DJ doesn't respect him again. I have no idea. I'm just get just what I'm seeing and observing. There might not be anything, so I don't want to say anything about or start any shit with that. Just from what I get, though, as a sense is, is this? It seems like there's something weird going on there between them. And again, it could go back to production too. When Baker Mayfield and DJ Moore on the same field at the same time, DJ does not see the ball. I don't know what it is. Again, they were playing a pretty solid Baltimore defense, but Baker struggles to get the best pest catcher on this team, the ball. And he loves himself some TMJ, but yeah, it's just, it's not cutting it. I mean, I, I understand the Sam move. I also understand it for politics too, of, you know, getting the draft pick. I don't know politics are the right word or just being smart. Why, why give Cleveland a fourth round pick when your team's really not going anywhere, you might as well save it and give them the fifth. So I understand that. But again, Baker, I think I saw a statistic today. He he'd have to start every game the rest of the year for them to even come close to the the 70 snaps, 70 yeah. percent of the snaps. So, again, I'm being long winded here. But, yeah, I understand the change with Sam. He hasn't played. 
No one has seen him under a decent O-line. We saw what he did. If you take Sam Darnold in the first three games last year, he looked all right. Then Christian McCaffrey got hurt. J.C. Horn was out for the season. Panthers O-line was switching guys in and out every other week. So I guess let's see what Sam Darnold's got. I don't think he's good. I don't think any QB's good on this team. I have a tweet in drafts. Wish I would have sent it out because then Joe Person put it in his article. And then it looks like I'm copying, so it pisses me off that I didn't say it. But when you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks whatsoever. I should have put it out before Sunday, and then I saw Joe tweet something about it today. I'm like, God damn it. But anyway, yeah. when you don't, when you have that many QBs on your team, there's a problem. So we are in QB hell right now. There, It's, it's so frustrating. But I know you love Sam at one point. What do you think of Sammy <laughs> D coming back? Well, I love Sam at one point, like I love Baker at one point, just like <laughs> yes. he did. So, uh, and just like I love Teddy Bridgewater at one point. But uh, just real quick to touch on what you mentioned with the DJ Moore and Baker um, kind of tension, I've I've definitely noticed that as well. I mean, just in the interviews that DJ does uh, when answering questions about Baker and just on the field, I mean, DJ Moore had a season-low target share of 16% versus the Ravens. Um, and – I think when you have a quarterback with the with the alpha mentality of like of Baker Mayfield, and he's playing like absolute dog shit, one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in a Panthers jersey, and you got a wide receiver like DJ Moore, who is a top ten to fifteen receiver in the league, who week who year in and year out has put up a thousand yard seasons, no matter who his quarterback was, uh, and you have somebody like Baker who has that mentality and that and that you know attitude about him. I'm not sure that it's yelling with DJ very, very well. And I, I don't blame him. But uh, <clears throat> to answer my own question, I think the Panthers could have absolutely won that game with PJ in there. Um, PJ is a player that has shown um, he is not afraid to make a throw. He's not afraid to, to give his wide receiver a chance. Um, he, he reads the field much better than Baker does. I don't think that's a controversial statement at all. PJ is a better fit in this offense from top to bottom. Uh, I think the offense would have looked way more competent than it did. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if they win the game, but they're definitely scoring more than three points uh, if PJ's playing. So uh, Baker's just not it. I don't want to see Baker take another snap in a Carolina Panther jersey, and that sucks to say, but it, it's over. Um, moving to Darnold, yeah. I, Quick, uh, quickly, quickly, I want to say something on Baker because I think it's crazy, and yeah. it could be the last pass. Baker's last pass potentially as a Panther was a batted interception, which is yeah, just that sums it up. Cherry on the top of (laughs) what his season was in Carolina. But go ahead on Sam. That sums it up right there. But yeah, with Darnold, um, you mentioned it. He behind a good offensive line. uh, We haven't really seen him play. Uh, Last season, we all know he started well, and uh, ever it, it, it went down. Uh, yeah, he's he's never really played behind a good offensive line, and and we do have one in Carolina. Uh, I'm not expecting much though. Uh, it's Sam Darnold at the end of the day. He is not a good quarterback, just like Baker isn't a good quarterback. I I truly believe PJ Walker is the best quarterback on this roster, and that is not something to be happy about. But I believe that is the case. Um, hopefully Sam can. Well, uh, well, I will say this. One thing about Sam is he's going to sling that bitch to DJ Moore if he's open or not. Sam Darnold is throwing the ball to DJ Moore. He loves him some DJ Moore, <laughs> even when the other team is 
quadruple cover in him. Uh, he's going to throw that bitch to, to DJ Moore. So uh, <clears throat> DJ's going to get his with with uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, but I mean, maybe. I mean, what if Sam Darnold comes in and wins four or five games? <laughs> Dude, I told you. I texted you on Sunday about Sam, and I said, watch his ass come in and ruin yeah. their draft position. Fuck the tank up. Yeah. That is that is Carolina to a T right there, and I could see it happening. But, again, I, I, I really do think – I mean, Sam Darnold's a backup in this league from here on out. I think every QB on this roster uh, – excluding Matt Corral as a backup in this league. Um, and, well, and, and it's not like the schedule's anything Well, and that's what scary. the thing is. The schedule's easy. Like, they have an yeah. easier schedule from here on out, which looking at at the start of the year, it wasn't – I mean, Seattle, everyone thought was going to be bad, and they're better this year. But no one thought – no one knew – no one saw what was coming in Denver. I don't care who you are. No one saw that coming at all. And they're yeah. in a very similar state, a coach that's on the hot seat, probably going to be fired after the season. And uh, a quarterback who looks like he is out of sorts in Denver. And he seems like one of the fakest sons of guns there is. He really does. <laughs> the, yeah. the, what's the word for it? The, the stick, whatever you want to call it, whatever he puts on his persona yeah. that he puts on in front of the camera is it comes he's, off fake. He's two-faced. Yeah, he's very Yeah, two-faced. it comes off so fake. So again, it's a it's an easier stretch. They have a couple NFC South opponents still. It's hard to beat a, a divisional team twice, yeah. but there's some You got the Lions and the in the Steelers still, which are two of the worst teams in the league. Although the, the Lions, Lions have, have won hot. three in a row. Yeah. They're hot right now. The, the Lions are hot. The Steelers suck. Uh the Seahawks are, you know, pr- they're good. Their offense is very good. Um, the Bucks, Broncos, I think they get their ass kicked. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I, I think, think the Bucks are they... are kind of getting things together as well, and even the Saints are are winning games. So I don't know. It, it could end up being Carolina doesn't win another game for the rest of the year, and or, or Carolina could win four games. It it really at this point it's hard to tell. And um, if the defense plays like they did yesterday, if they can finish out the season playing like that for the remainder of these games, I think the Panthers are going to be in every single game that is on that is left on the schedule. And I think at this point, it's about time to pack it up and and not intentionally lose, but not, but intentionally not win. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. and, and, and Wilkes talked about that on Monday, and you know he's fighting for his job right now, and he had said someone had asked him, you know, are you going to start? Is it now time to start? Now that you're down in the division a couple games, I think they're two back, right? Is it two or three now? I think it's two back. They're two back in the division. Yeah, two. two. Is you start playing some of these, you know, you start getting a rotation in at wide receiver. Shy Smith struggled. We haven't even talked about him yet. Shy Smith struggled in that game. He was a big part of that, you know, where that game kind of shifted is his fumble in the fourth quarter, trying to fight for an, an extra yard. So... Do you see a rotation behind him? Rashad Higgins hasn't played much this season. He's been scratched every week. He hasn't really gotten some any really playing time. Does LaVisca Chanel maybe get some more uh more uh you know snaps offensively in the slot? I think I'd like to see that. And you know, things like that. You do we see a rotation in the secondary and Wilkes Wilkes didn't want any part of that. He said, No, we're playing for now. So 
again, you would expect that is he, he's going to say that and you will see going forward. But if you start to lose another couple, now we're talking, you know, fighting with Detroit and um, uh, the, the Raiders Texans. and the Texans. Texans really look like a lock for number one, but we'll see. I don't see how they're going to scratch out two, yeah. two or three wins because that's what they need to come close to Carolina. So I feel like it's a fight for number two at this point, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe they surprise us. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. This week, the game we're looking at, Bryson is picking this one. He is taking the Dolphins over the Texans. He thinks the Dolphins are one of the best offenses in the league, Super Bowl contenders this year. The Texans are number one pretenders. So he's got the Dolphins over the Texans on that bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. And you will receive $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TPPN. And, yeah. and before we move off the topic of, of the Ravens and the Panthers in general of of, of this from this game, um, that fourth down in the third quarter when it was tied, I think it was midway to late in the third quarter, a fourth and four from the Panthers' 49-yard line. They take a five-yard penalty, delay a game on purpose to allow for more yards for the punter, which it ended up being like, it, the punt was on the 17 yard line, which so uh, taking the five yards wasn't even good, anyways. But that play right there is very reminiscent for me of Steve Wilkes' coaching style. And it's fourth and four, it's three three in a game that you are not supposed to be in. Your offense is not moving the ball, you're at midfield. That is a chance to take momentum of the game and get into at least field goal range and take the lead in a game that you are favored to lose by 13 points. Um, I hate that style of coaching. I do not like it. It is not what wins games uh, in the meantime or in the future. Uh, it, you know, analytically and and just the way the league is going, offensive style of play, it is not the style of coaching that wins games. You have to take chances, especially when you're the worst team uh, trying to upset a very good team in the Ravens. You have to take chances to win those games. And that – play on that fourth down specifically was so bad uh, that you're the kind of coach that takes a five-yard penalty to allow for more yards for your punter instead of taking the chance. And I get it. Baker was not good. Uh, it's four yards. Baker can complete a pass for four yards. He completed multiple passes for four yards or more um, on this day uh, playing the Ravens. So it's, it's a chance you have to take. I, I like Steve Wilkes as a person. He's a great leader. The players love him. 
but I do not want him as my head coach going into next season. Uh, the Panthers need a fresh Whoa, start. Whoa, that is a big statement. I was not expecting you to say that. That's the Panthers, a big statement to say right now. The Panthers do not need this, this reminiscent of Ron Rivera, of the – we even talked about it in this episode already of, of the, like even the, the defensive scheme of the corners playing off five to seven yards that started under Ron Rivera. And Steve Wilkes is a, is a branch of a, the Ron Rivera coaching tree. I would just want a fresh start. No, nobody from the past, uh, you know, a, a, a coach that hasn't been in Carolina before, except for maybe I would consider Ken Dorsey, but that, that would be separate uh, from this talk. Um, and he hasn't been a uh, very highly ranked coach in Carolina for a while. So, uh, or, you know, j- just somebody, I, I really want an offensive minded coach. Uh, cause I feel like we haven't had one in Carolina, uh, really ever. And it's the way the league's going and it, uh, the coaching style fits into what I like personally and which, what I think is what is going to be successful in this league, uh, which is the, you know, the going forward on fourth down when it, when you, you feel the momentum, uh, you feel the chance to take the momentum and and you and analytics and and all of this instead of the the playing so you're playing not to lose instead of playing to win and I hate that style of coaching and it's so boring to watch and I don't think you're going to win many games. Um, Steve Wilkes is a good is a great person. He is a great leader, but I do not want him as my head coach going into next season. Yeah, I want to talk about that fourth down play. Um, everyone who my friends back home, my friends here know I'm very conservative when it comes to football and decision making in football. I'm one, let's take the field goal and kick, go for two in the, at the end of the game, after you score a touchdown, don't do it in the third quarter or the start of the fourth and blow your momentum after scoring. It's kind of the mentality I have, but that fourth down play, I felt like could have turn that game a little bit and kind of flipped it towards Carolina. And I totally agree with you. It's fourth and four. You have nothing to lose. You're on the road. You're playing a team that you have no business being three to three with. And the momentum would have changed. And even if you hadn't went for it with Baker, you go for it with Johnny Hecker. They might not have seen it coming. And Johnny Hecker is a pretty damn good, one of the best punters to go for it with on fourth down. And you got to have those plays versus teams like that when you're kind of down in the weeds and you're a real shit team. And you looked at Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it was against Tennessee. It was against an AFC team. It was not this week. It was the week before. Tennessee, or I mean, Jacksonville, the opening kickoff, did an onside kick, got it. They won a possession there. And they talked about how if Carolina wants to win that game, I think Fox, the Fox Network talked about this. They got to try to win a possession when you can and kind of steal a possession away like that and none of that. And that's the kind of things that, you know, the good coaches do. I'm not saying go for it every freaking fourth down, but when the time presents itself and the, and it's those opportune times when you just, it's like just a gut feeling. And that was one of those moments on Sunday and they missed the opportunity. And then you fast forward way late in the fourth quarter and you had them going for it on fourth and nine or fourth and 13 after the shy Smith fumble. And yep. I believe that's when Baker threw a pick or they was a turnover on downs, but you got sacked. went for it and it was in Carolina's territory. So you went for it on fourth and nine when you could have went for it on fourth and four midfield, you were very close to a field goal opportunity in a very windy stadium, but still, I think you had a better opportunity to go for it there. And it kind of, 
What kind of turns me away from the conservative approach of Wilkes was his first game in as, as the interim head coach against the St. Uh, St. Louis Rams. Man, I'm going back. Los Angeles Rams, where he had about a minute and a half, about a minute left with two or three timeouts right before half, and they just got a stop yep. against them, and he ended up running out the clock. And he had timeouts, and they asked him after the game. And he is a stick-to-his-guns type of coach, which, again, is a good thing and can be a bad thing. And I feel like in those two instances, were bad. those were bad things. Those are opportunities when you're playing good teams you have to take advantage of. And those are the moments that can elevate you as a coach. And he hasn't taken advantage of those yet. I'm not going to go as far as you yet to say – I am kind of teetering the same way you are. I'd like to see someone new in here. I'd like to see an offensive-minded guy. And we'll see as that goes. But I, I will say this. I do not like the conservative play calling whatsoever. There, And when I'm saying it, that means there's a fucking problem. It's ultra-conservative <laughs> if you're saying it. So, Which it is. It's very – It's. I mean, I, has he gone for it on fourth down when it wasn't a matter of they, they absolutely had to because it was the end of the game? I can't even remember – I don't think there they might have, have been one. There might have been one, but I don't know what game it was. Like it, that that style of coaching is just so like nineteen. John Fox esque. Yeah, it's, it it's just me of so, so much school. of John Fox. I tweeted that on Sunday. It's the John Fox third and third and nine, and he's running a running back draw. Yep. The John Fox who punts it on like that is so the John Fox era. Again, I get John Fox a great coach. Brown was Super Bowl, but he was very conservative in his coaching style. So definitely something to think about moving forward. And maybe as things get closer to the end of the season, you might see him taking a little bit more chances because, you know, the clock is winding down. So we'll see. It'll definitely be interesting. I wanted to talk. We touched on Shai Smith, but do you think it's time that, you know, they start rotating some of these other guys? I sure as hell do. Absolutely. I mean, I, I tweeted during the game, I think it's time to withdraw some of his responsibilities on punt return and being that third or fourth receiver until he gets his confidence back because he's just, even on the punt, after the fumble, I think it was shortly thereafter, he muffed it and then fell on top of it. Uh, he's just not confident in what he's doing. Um, he's dropped passes. He's, you know, he had to fumble. And he's had multiple muffs on punt return. Uh, he hasn't lost one, I don't think, but still muffing it is very nerve-wracking. Uh, and I, I think that there are other receivers on this team that deserve a chance. You mentioned some of them earlier. Uh, Chenault needs more of a role. Uh, Higgins needs more of a role. And uh, and then there's players on the practice squad, like that we, you know, our, our uh, training camp darling, C.J. Saunders, and other players that I think can be uh, – a good role player for this team. So I don't, I don't get the fascination with shy Smith as much as they have. Uh, and I don't think he's shown anything up to this point to make me believe that he has, he deserves a, as big as a role as he has right now. Yeah. Another guy I wanted to touch down, touch down, touch on a little bit is Iki Aquanu. He's playing, he has played well, but the guy has got to clean up his penalties. And I saw someone make an excuse for him on Twitter. Yeah, he's a rookie still, but he's 11 games into the season. 
the mental errors, you got to start cleaning those up. And he's had a couple back-to-back games here where just stupid penalties of, uh, I believe it was a, it was the false start on Sunday. And I thought a couple of weeks ago, he had one Moten had, Moten's had a couple too, but those things are drive killers, especially when you have a putrid offense like Carolina, you cannot take any negative yardage whatsoever and they cannot be gimmies for the other yeah. team. And, and that's one of them. So just, just something to think about, but I wanted to mention that cause that annoyed the shit out of me on Sunday when it happened. And just got to clean those up. But otherwise, I mean, he's playing really well. He, he's going to be – he is going to be what many thought he was going to be, a very yeah. great left tackle for a long time in Carolina, which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He's uh, he's kind of proven me wrong. I didn't think he would be as well as he is so soon. Um, <clears throat> when we drafted him, I, I had Evan Neal ranked above him. Um, but he's he's proven me wrong, and I'm, I'm happy. Uh, he's definitely – a very good left tackle. He hasn't allowed a sack since I think week two or week three of the season. So um sure he can clean up his penalties, but man, it's it's nice to have a left tackle in Carolina. Yeah, going back to the coaches, I I forgot to throw this out there after the Atlanta game. So I'll throw I'll throw a little a little um what's the word for it? Uh a bone. For some of our listeners. So I got to talk to David Tepper a little, just a little bit. It was like literally five to 10 seconds long after or during, before the Atlanta game. Uh, he came up to us uh, to get a picture. And I uh, I asked him, I said, well, is Frank Reich uh, in the, the list of potential candidates? Because you hear that he's got his ties to Charlotte. He's got family here. I think he owns a home here. And I've, you know, there's been chatter online of him. And so I asked Stepper about it. And of course, he didn't respond. The businessman of him, he replied with a question and said, well, who do you like? And and I I answered, I said, well, you know, that guy, uh, the, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles is pretty good. And that's Shane Steichen, 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 something like that. I didn't uh-huh. say his name, but that's literally what I said. That 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 Eagles coordinator is pretty good. He's and. And Tepper replied, "Yeah, there's a there's there's a lot of good coordinators out there, offensive coordinators. So just something to keep in mind. Um, not major news, but I just thought it was interesting to share. Um, and and and, and, going just to, on, and and going off of that, Bryson, I wanted to kind of get your take on Frank Wright while we're talking about it. Yeah, and see what your thoughts are uh, on him." Yeah, I uh, I would not be mad if that was the hire. Um, obviously, he's had his struggles this year in, in Indianapolis, but he's also had his successes in Indianapolis, and uh, they've had a they've had kind of the same issues Carolina has had with quarterbacks and Andrew Luck retiring, and then them going through the 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 will of Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, and uh, you know if if. Reich had a quarterback, he would probably still be there. Uh, and I guess people could say that about Matt Rule here, but I think Reich is is an established – he's proven that he can win games in this league. He unfortunately did get fired for losing uh, too much in Indianapolis, but he has had successes, and he is a very well uh, – or very gifted offensive mind, in, in my opinion. Um, I would be happy with that hire. I don't know if he's my top choice, but I would not be mad. 
yeah, it's, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I guess I'll make a more, give a better answer towards the end of the season. But I've kind of tried to push a lot of that away and just focus on this team and, you know, start to look towards the draft a little bit because we know this team is going to be picking very high up in, in the, in the draft. And hopefully it's a QB. It better be a QB, not hopefully it better be a QB, but let's talk. Let's talk about this matchup this weekend. Because again, we, we mentioned it a little while ago. It's a winnable game versus Denver. (laughs) It is. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> it is a winnable game because they're both kind of shitty teams. I mean, they, you know, Denver has not short of, I mean, they got weapons. Yeah. They have pieces. I don't, you know, it's. I think it's a coaching thing down there and just a team that just seems out of sorts right now that you don't want to be on, it seems like. I, I know a couple of Broncos fans. I got a friend coming for the game this weekend, and many of them want that coach gone already. Like fired this week, which you might at this point you might as well wait until the end of the season. But yeah, they are not in a good state right now, and that's crazy to think because when this trade happened, everyone said that the AFC West was going to be is AFC West right? I think it's the AFC West. Uh, I'm not. I'm not certain. But the AFC West was going to be the division of the NFL this year. And (laughs) it is far from that. You know, Oakland. God, Oakland. I just keep going with the old teams here. Las Vegas, Denver, and even Los Angeles Chargers have struggled. You know, the Chiefs are the only one out of that division right now that's, you know, elite at the top. And then those, you know, and then the Chargers and then the other two are just kind of fighting at the bottom. But that division has just been a disappointment, to say the least. But, yeah, let's talk about the game this weekend. One o'clock kickoff, Sam Darnold starting first game. He has played this season. It dates back to, I believe, he last time he played was the, shit, what game was that? Was it the Washington game in preseason? Um... I think it was. I think he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That'd be the the last live action. And he did. He had a nice ball in that game. I remember he had that touchdown. Yeah. Baker drove the drove the team down. They kicked a field goal, got it in the red zone. Then Sam went down, scored a touchdown. He had that one uh, off the his back foot to the corner of the end zone. To I can't mm-hmm. remember. Was it to Higgins? I mean that guy was a stud in preseason. He, yeah. he hasn't made. He yeah. hasn't been on the freaking field. But anyway, crazy how shit happens. But yeah, I it, I don't remember who it was. I can't. But I remember that Darnold drifting back. He threw it, and Steve Smith. I remember was going a little crazy for that. But anyway, so yeah, Sam and Sam versus Russell Wilson, the NC State guy. Yeah. Um. This is going to be a not fun football game to watch. I was, we were talking and before we got on and I said that this game could end in a zero, zero tie. Um, Not looking forward to it. Two really good defenses, two very bad quarterbacks, two very bad offenses in general. Um, I just, I'm not super excited. You know, maybe we'll see something from Sam. Probably won't. Uh, don't see much of a upgrade moving from Baker to him, honestly. Um, 
I just, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not really much to look forward to. I, I, I hope we lose. I don't want to win mean, meaningless games at this point in the season. I've given up hope. Uh, it's just, uh, I, you're looking at Sam Darnold for the rest of the year, probably, unless, you know, PJ, PJ's ankle is, is healthy and then he comes in and wins a couple games and we end up picking eighth or ninth like we always do, it's, it seems like, and then you're out of range for a quarterback unless you trade up. But I don't know. It's it, it. I'm excited to see Pat Sertan and and go, you know, uh, across the field to uh, against J.C. Horn. They're two from the same draft class, and you can say Sertan's probably had a better career up to this point than J.C. Horn, but um, probably due to injury and, and everything uh, that J.C. Horn's gone through. But I'm excited to see that. The defenses, Brian Burns get a sack on Russell Wilson and – and hopefully wipe some of that two-faced nerd dork stuff off of them. Uh, but other than that, not going to be an exciting game to watch. Yeah, well, I'm going to the game, so I hope it is exciting. So I hope you're wrong. But, <laughs> yeah, I think they lose this one. Denver's lost two in a row. They had the heartbreaker in overtime versus Las Raiders. Vegas this weekend. They have a new offensive coordinator. I mean, a new guy calling the plays now. Kubiak is, has taken the reins over. I mean, what does Hackett do? Just sit on the sidelines with a headset? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Never mind. We're not going to get into Matt Rule. Um, but anyway, at any rate, yeah, I I honestly think Denver is going to come is going to come away with it. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in Sam Darnold. Again, hope. I hope he surprises us because I would like to see an entertaining game and potentially a victory, but I don't see it happening. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, he's he has played bad, but I could see him making some plays versus Carolina. Their wide receivers are nothing to pass up. Yeah. They got some good ones. Sutton and Judy are both. I think Judy might – is he injured? I think Judy might be injured, but Cortland Sutton is really good. And then even like their third string, like KJ Hamler and their tight ends are really good. And uh, I mean, Wilson didn't play terrible this past week versus the Raiders. Um, he he wasn't great, but he he wasn't you know awful. So uh, if they can get just at- yeah, Judy was out versus the Raiders. So yeah, if they can just knowing get the Panthers, average, average, like, I'm sure he's going to be back. But yeah, average to below average QB play. I think they score enough points to beat the Panthers. I think they're favored by two and a half right now. The thing is though, is Denver's run game. They've like, that has been, they've struggled. I mean, they just, they just released Melvin Gordon, which really pisses me off. He's on my fantasy team and wasn't doing that bad, but then he, he's had five fumbles this year, got rid of him. No one picked him up on waivers was a little bit surprised by that former Wisconsin product. So I'm a little biased there. But Javante Edmonds, is out for season. Edmonds is hurt. He just got, he's just, he left the game on Sunday with an ankle injury. He's going to miss a lot of time. So they got Latavius Murray and Carolina is no stranger to him. He played in new Orleans. So they're going to see him. It sounds like, um, and it looks like behind him is Marlon Mack at running back. That's not that's, that's not too terrible guy, running right? backs. He's from yeah. Indy, yeah. So I mean, I mean, we we've had less lesser running backs fuck us up this year. Tyler Algier and whoever the hell the yeah, backup was to that's, Atlanta. So yeah, but that Al- um, Algier guy is. I think he's a rookie. I think he's going to be all right. 
Uh, well, I mean, we know Latavius Murray has had his games against Carolina. Yeah, he has. So, but again, I feel like that is, if you got to look at anything for why, I mean, that Hamler guy is something Yeah. for them. And, you know, Sutton is starting to come on a little bit more. Judy, I'm sure might, maybe Judy's back this week. So they got, they're going to have their hands full because <laughs> JC's got to cover one. And then you got everyone else out there that needs to step up. CJ Henderson needs to have a bounce back game. But yeah, let's go to predictions. What do you got? Uh, I think it's going to be really low scoring, just like the Ravens game. Uh, two really good defenses, two really bad offenses. But I think the Broncos offense is less bad. So I think they end up winning the game. I'll say 10 to 3. 10 to 3. Yeah. I really hope you're wrong because <laughs> I'm there for 10 to 3. That is going to be miserable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I do think it's going to be low scoring though. Um, man, let's go a heartbreaker. Let's go seven. No, I can't give the pan. I'll go. I'll do this. Let's do seventeen to ten. Wait a minute. They just held. They just held Baltimore to thirteen. I'm giving Denver seventeen. Let's go fourteen ten. Fair enough. 14-10, Denver wins. I, I could see them coming out and getting an open drive touchdown with Donald. Uh, he's, he was normally pretty good with the scripted plays to come out of to open games, if, if I remember correctly. So uh, if he continues on that trend, then they could come out and get a touchdown and then not score again. I could see that. Yeah, they were, they were a usually goal. a team that did good in the first quarter, struggled second, third, and then came from behind in the fourth and would lose every game. So, yeah. That sounds about right. But again, we'll see. Hopefully we're both wrong. We were right, unfortunately, last week, but that was that was a way bigger or way less of a score than I would I expected. So but anyway. I, I got one last question for you, uh, in, in regards to Sam Darnold. And I, I oh think boy. I know I think I know your answer, but I just want to ask you anyways for the for the people. No. Um <laughs> is there anything Darnold can do? for the rest of the season to earn a future backup contract in Carolina. Oh yeah. You yeah, think he's so? A backup. He's a backup. So, so what would he have to do in your opinion for Carolina to p- potentially bring him back as a backup? Win games. How many? Mm, let me see. They got six games left. Yeah. What are they? Three, they got three wins, three and three, three and eight. Is that the record? Three and eight. Yep. I'd say win at least three. At least three. Wow, that, that might be a tall task. <laughs> I'd but say they, at least three. But yeah, I think I think he has I mean, they all have a potential of being a backup, but it's really gonna depend on who the co- who comes in. I mean, if it's yeah. Wilkes or if it's someone else, I think that's gonna depend on a lot. But yeah, I think Den- I think Darnold can be a backup in this league. Why not? I mean yeah. as long as he's not starting. It's fine by me. Well, you know, you know how it would go. But I will tell you this. I think, well, see, I don't know. I haven't seen Darnold enough coming into a game as a backup. Yeah. And I haven't seen PJ, and I've seen PJ do it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think PJ I think PJ is a good backup when you game plan for him being a ba- starting a game. Does that make sense? So like you have a QB that gets injured and the week next week the backup starts like Colt McCoy's doing now like you knew it was going to be Colt McCoy. Yeah. And he had the game plan for a week. I think PJ is good when he has that. When PJ comes in during a game and is a backup, he doesn't do so well. So I would I'm curious to see how Darnold if I mean we're not going to see that cuz Darnold's now the starter, but I would have liked to seen Darnold in that position where Darnold comes in middle of a game. And he yeah. kind of did that last year with Cam a little bit. Do you remember that? I think it was where or was it Darnold who started and then Cam came in during the goal? I can't remember. Maybe that's what it was last year. But anyway, my point is is I would like to see Darnold coming in middle of a game like a backup would and see how he does and how he fares. But I feel like PJ, as a backup, and he gets a game plan for the entire week and knows he's the starter, he is a he's a decent backup in that yeah, respect. Yeah. When he gets thrown in to the trenches middle of the game, I don't think he is as much. I think he gets flustered and he's trying to do too much. Um, but like him knowing the game plan, him the starter name that week, I think he's a viable backup, but we'll see. We'll see what Sam does. Again, I could see it go very bad and him see ghosts and him be is what Sam Darnold is. And I could also see him fuck this team over and we're sitting at like pick nine in the draft. So (laughs) I hope that's not the case, but they do have the arsenal and I could pose that question, but I'll save that for another day. Let's leave it at that. We just want to thank everyone for listening into the Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. I am still trying to sell my PSL tickets for this weekend's game. I posted it on Twitter. If you are interested, reach out to me. And as always... (laughs) 